Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, I have got to say I've had the privilege of preaching around these, uh, well, for since November now. So quite a bit and... Um, and getting to see different churches, and this is one of the friendliest churches that I have come across. I just, you know, I, 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 I love how friendly everybody is here, and how hospitable, and how it's like one big family. Amen. So, and what is more unique is when people are, uh, when pastors, um, they leave their church and they leave their pulpit to you, and that I consider a great honor because um, you have to. In my opinion, you have to trust somebody. You really have to trust whoever is coming in and speaking. So I don't take that lightly. If I had someone to speak at my church, I would be very choosy on who steps forward. So I just appreciate your pastor's confidence. And while they are away, I mean, we can see their Facebook and all their posts and everything like that and have them having a good time. But while they're away, pray for them. Pray that they have safe travels. Pray that they... Um, enjoy themselves, pray that they just come back so refreshed because being a pastor, when you are doing it weekly and you're going weekly, 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 it can, it's, it's a heavy burden that you feel because the Lord, he puts a burden for you on their hearts. And so that burden can sometimes wear you out a little bit because it's just a heavy pressure saying, I gotta, I gotta feed the sheep. I gotta worry about the sheep. I gotta, you know, do things for the sheep. I gotta, you know, and they're constantly thinking. Sometimes you get woke up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, wow, there's like, I need to pray for that person or, or the phone rings and you have to go to the hospital or you get to go to the hospital and you, you go do these things because you love. And you care for the people that God has entrusted you to minister to. Yes. So pray for your pastors. Because I, I was a youth pastor. And I, well, I also worked with the adults in the church as well. But the thing is, that's not being a lead pastor. Now it's a whole different level. And whenever you feel that burden, it is so strong. So pray for them. Yes. Pray for them. All right, so I figured it's the 4th of July coming up, so we should do something a little patriotic. So, could we all just stand for a second? All right. And, yeah, let's do that. Oh, there's a flag right there. I was looking for a flag earlier. I was like, okay, so let's put our hands over our heart, and let's say pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. And stay standing, please. Because I remember growing up that we used to take time and reflect on the goodness of God and on the goodness of a nation where we can worship God freely. And I remember singing songs in church like this. My country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, for of thee I see. Land where my fathers died, land where the pilgrims fly, from every mountainside, let freedom ring. And we used to think about things like that, freedom ringing. 
Freedom comes through Jesus. Wherever the Bible is preached, there's freedom. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains, majesty above the fruited plain. America, America, God shed His grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Thank you, guys. It's, it's, it's lovely to just reflect on the goodness of God and, and the blessings that He has given us. You may have a seat if you'd like uh, today. And I'm, I'm preaching um, out of uh, Proverbs 14, 34. And that's going to be the key verse today. And the message is called America. So, give me liberty or give me death. Uh, so, Patrick Henry gave a speech to the second Virginia Convention of, on March 23rd, 1775 at St. John's Church in Richmond, Virginia, where he said, give me liberty or give me death. His words struck at the heart of our forefathers to fight for liberty. Among those who attended the convention were future U.S. Presidents Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. Perhaps not since that time have we stood so close to that choice. Because our liberties are being challenged in some areas. Today, can we just like raise our hands and just thank God for this country, for America that we live in today? Father God, we just thank you God for the freedom that we have. We thank you God for America. We thank you God for the privilege of being born here, God, or, or living here, Father God. God, we just pray that you would continue to bless and show your favor, your mercy, your grace on this great country so that we as believers can spread the gospel here and abroad all over the world. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. America is a country that most certainly raised up, but was certainly raised up by God for his purposes. Think about it, for his purposes. This includes missionary activities. Missionaries go out all over the world because of the United States, because of believers here who are free to go do that. God has called America to be a leader in this world, to be able to do great and mighty things. So you think about this, sometimes our way, it gets kind of cloudy, it kind of gets murky. And you think about like the, 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 the truth, how like, sometimes it gets bent. But we always come back and we center back on God. So think about this. Um, have you ever thought about when devastation strikes? And you think about, say, the, the Twin Towers. Or you think about the Boston incidents. And you think about the different things that happen. Whenever fires happen, whenever earthquakes happen, whenever hurricanes and tsunamis and things like that happen, what do people do in this nation? They go back to church. They go 
back to praying. They go back to reading the word of God. Why is that? Because in America, we are founded upon biblical principles. Because we are founded on a faith in God. And the thing is, America is hungry for that experience again. America is right for the harvest again. Sometimes we don't see it because we get in our own little minds. We, we think, oh, it's just too bad. It's just too bad. It's just too bad. We watch the news and we're like, wow, nothing's ever going to change. But I believe there's a powerful and mighty God who changes people's hearts. I believe that the tides are going to shift. Sometimes it might take a little longer than what we want. But it's going to shift. May America be free until Jesus comes. May we continue to work in that freedom until Jesus comes. So, wars have come and gone. Famine and disease have come and gone. Terrorism, plagues, uh, all, all these things. And the rest of the free world. But nothing will conquer. Nothing will conquer a God-empowered nation. You say, well, we don't usually hear about national stuff. We don't hear about this stuff. Well, I got the microphone today, so I'm going to do that. But America's real enemy is not war. America's real enemy is not famine. America's enemy is not disease. And America's enemy is not terrorism. What is America's enemy? America's enemy is Satan. Because America, if it can be bound and shackled, if the people can be bound, shackled in sin and turn their hearts cold away from God, what is going to happen? The voice, one of the mighty Christian voices in the world will be silenced. The enemy would love that. Satan would try to do what he can to destroy us, but this, uh, this great nation, but God is with us and God will give us victory. There are still churches, there are still believers out there who trust in the mighty God. There are still people who are willing to share their faith with other people. There are still people who are willing to come to Christ if only they are shared. What I love is I love um, the, the trans millennials, for instance. They are reclaiming uh, longer marriages again. Did you know that? Statistics show that uh, millennials, so far, they're, being, they're, they're holding to the marriage thing longer when they are getting married. That's a sad fact. Now, those are people in my generation, I'm barely in there, but those are people who didn't really get a lot of experience with church. They kind of didn't want anything to do much. And now there's Generation Z. Generation Z is basically like an unreached people group. Did you know that? That's the one after millennials. Generation Z, they know pretty much nothing about Jesus Christ. They may have heard the name. They may have heard, oh, he's like a prophet or something. Or I heard he died on a cross. Maybe like some of them, some of them don't even know that. We have an opportunity to share our faith and awaken a spiritual renewal in this country again. We do. Amen. We just have to share and proclaim. Yes. Isaiah 14, 12 says, 
How you are fallen from the heaven, O shining star. Son of the morning, you have been thrown down to the earth. Who destroyed the nations of the world? He discounts the importance of God's word in Genesis 3. When Adam and Eve were tempted and had fallen from God's grace. And this Satan was told that Jesus Christ would once again become the victor. He discounts the reality of God's judgments. He distorts the value of God's blessings just as the Israelite people were led astray and worshipped false gods. After the Lord had rescued them from Egypt through many mighty miracles, they just kept. God would minister to them. He would see them. They would be the victors. They would fall back into their sin. They'd become, uh, they would become uh, victims once again. They would lose sight of God. Then they would go back and they'd find God again. He'd reveal himself. Satan wants to constantly come in and try to distort the truth of, how, of God and his impact in our lives and how powerful he is. Sometimes it's like, well, God, he's not really even doing anything in my life. Wait, what? Yeah. Like, I don't see him. I don't see him working. I don't feel him working. But you never stop. You never stop working. Right? But sometimes we don't see, sometimes we don't feel. But he is working. Yes. Satan tries to destroy that, destroy and distort that truth. Yes. He tries to say, nothing's happening. But let me tell you this. Everybody, take a deep breath and breathe out. God is working. Amen. Amen. Do you realize how powerful that is? Basically, we just took a breath and all these processes just started happening within our body. And we converted that to energy. We, can, we are able to breathe, to have life, because of a simple thing called air that God created. Yes. It's perfect just for us. We couldn't, we couldn't go on another planet, although some of us sometimes live on another planet. We could not go on another planet and survive without gear. Yes. Yet, in this unique environment that we have, we can breathe. Yes. We have feet to move. Yes. Some of us might have wheelchairs to move or walkers to move. Thank God for his ingenuity, ingenuity the, the wisdom that he gives to a man to create such devices. Yes, thank you. God is working when we don't see it, when we don't feel it. Yes. So there are times whenever, like we have traffic, and you're like, wow, if I was a second closer, I'd have been in that accident. Sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we don't feel it. Satan always wants to distort the truth and try to get our minds off of where it should be. Satan displays so-called benefits of sin. He wants to make sin seem so appealing that everybody just wants to do it. And they say, well, it's just okay. It's not, it's not going to be that bad. The spiral of sin leads to death. Amen. It's just a path that keeps going down, 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 down. You start off, you start with one little lie. And it gets worse. And it gets worse. And it gets worse. And plug into that blank right there. You start off with... And it gets worse, and it gets worse, and it gets worse. You get deeper in, you get deeper in. So Satan displays the so-called benefits of sin. There is nothing greater that weakens America than sin. Pray for America's people to be safe from sin. 
And I'd like to take a moment just to do that right now. To pray that America would turn its heart away from sin and back to God. Can we do that? Amen. Can we stand and do that and honor God in that? Yes. Father God, we just thank you right now for America, God. We thank you, God, that you bring freedom to the hopeless, God. That you bring freedom from the shackles of sin, Father. And we pray that in this great nation, God, that you would release your spirit upon people. And that you would speak to their hearts, God. That you would send people into their lives who would plant seeds, Father God. And other people to come by and water those seeds so that a sprout would grow and a tree would grow. A plant would grow, God, within them of faith. God, that they would know your truth and be set free. God, we pray for America, God, that we would turn from sin and that we would once again call out your name, that we would live in righteousness, God, that we would not allow the shackles of sin to overcome our children, to overcome us, to overcome our families. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. We also pray for the homelessness, God, in this state, God, God, that you would heal people, God, whether it's mentally, physically, intellectually, emotionally, financially, whatever it is, Father God, we pray, God, that you would heal them, God, that you would save and deliver drug addicts from their sin. God, we pray, God, that you would deliver the people in prison that want to go out and do more crime. God, that you would break the cycle within their heart, that you would send ministers in the prison, that you would have other inmates in the prison talk to them. And God, we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Because we need, you may have a seat. Um, America's greatest enemy is Satan. America's greatest enemy is the destructive power of sin. But America's greatest asset is her righteousness. That is it. Proverbs 14.34 declares, Godliness makes a nation great, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Righteousness or right living exalts. It lifts up a nation. When we act godly, whenever we live godly, whenever we watch things that we should be watching, whenever we listen to things that we should be listening to and reject those other things, what is going to happen is we start to exalt the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords by the way we live our lives, by the way we glorify Him. We cannot become accustomed as people in this world are accustomed we cannot live in sin and still think that we are going to live in righteousness. Amen. It's either or. We have to walk out purposely. I call it a battle plan, an attack. We have to have something. I actually have a, a, a note on my fridge that says certain things that I want to change in my life. You know why it's on the fridge? Because you go there most, right? Yeah, yeah, you know where you go. In second place, put it on the microwave, right? Because you don't want to cook nothing. You want to heat it up. <laughs> so the thing is, put it where you can see. A battle plan. Say, you know, I'm struggling with this. Well, what are the steps? Because sometimes, sometimes you can overcome it like, like quick. I wish. Yeah, okay, it worked. Snap. Okay, quick. Sometimes it takes a battle plan. So you have to make a list. What is it going to take? What are the little steps that can take me to get from point A to point C because sometimes we'll just be on the hamster wheel just doing the same thing over like the children of Israel in the desert the wilderness they're just going around and around and around and you're just watching them look at that little hamster run look at him run it's so cute no 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 we're going to break that cycle so we need a plan of attack 
Righteousness exalts a, a nation. It lifts it up. Um, so we see so much sin in this world. Uh, sometimes we can think America's corrupt and has gone astray. But negativity and defeat cannot be our response. Sometimes you get around Christians and guess what they do? Ah, uh, this nation, you know, it's like, it's going to hell in a handbasket. It's like corrupt. Look at that Fox News and look at that CNN and look at that MSNBC. And everybody's like going on and on and on. And yet, you know what? There's hope. There is hope. We have the answer. It's Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ. Among this nation, there is a powerful people. Look around. Look around. There's a powerful people. No, don't doubt yourself. You look around and be like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't see it. No, no, there's a powerful people in this place. There's a powerful people. You know? (laughs) There's a powerful people. You know why you are powerful? Because the Spirit of God lives within you if you know Christ. You are powerful. I'm sorry. Satan can't win. You are powerful. Remember Jesus whenever, before he went up to heaven, what's one of the last things he said? All these things and more you should do in my name. Oh, what did he do? He walked on water. He cast out demons. Don't look at your name and say, no, you're next. No. <laughs> he cast out demons. He had the blind eyes open. Lepers healed. Paralyzed people. Dead people walking. Don't look at your name again. We are powerful people. Powerful. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are powerful. Now I have more in power. I say, I am powerful. Because the Spirit of God lives in me. Amen. There are powerful people who are raising up a generation who is unashamed of the gospel and one who wants to rediscover the foundation and full truth of faith. All the full truth. Oh, that requires something right right there. Because if you want to know the whole truth, let me tell you this. You can't handle the truth. (laughs) You can't handle it. Do you know why I know you can't handle it? Because statistics say the average Christian, the average believer doesn't read the Bible. It's very slim. Worse off, pastors don't read their Bible. Not, I'm, I'm not saying all. I'm just saying. <laughs> like your pastors, I know they read the Bible. I read the Bible. You, you know what I find? And people like, all these, all these years, people try to put stuff on me. I tell you, I shake it off. What people did is I, I always, I'm better at the night. I, I wake up early because my schedule requires it. I go to bed late because my schedule requires it. I don't want to read in the morning. This is a tool for me at least. I don't want to read in the morning. Why? Because I'll fall asleep. I'll think about other things. I read my Bible. Tell you the truth. If you want to tell me later it's wrong, go ahead. I read my Bible in the evening. I can't handle it in the daytime. I mean, I might study throughout the day, like preparing sermon or whatever. But in the morning, uh-uh. My coffee has not kicked in yet. I'm not good to go. Jesus is not awake yet. <laughs> no. No, but the truth is, I, I like to, what I do is I like to set the atmosphere. I like to know that I've set aside a special time. And I can do that in the evening. So what I do, I turn off all the lights in the house. I live alone. I can do this right now. 
Turn off all the lights in the house. I have two candles up on my where my TV is. And I have this TV. Well, it's like a stand. My TV's on the wall, but there's a stand under it, you know? And those two candles are on there. And I have my Bible. I like to read by candlelight, I guess. I don't know. Set the romantic mood, I guess. I don't know what it is. And what I do is turn on worship music on my surround sound right there at the TV. And all I have right in that moment is me and Jesus. So I start off with prayer. But not just any kind of prayer. In fact, this past week I had to correct myself because I start off wrong. Now there's no special way, although he does give us the model in this way. What I do is I open up and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for the air that I breathe. And I don't say the same thing over and over again. I just start with thanks. And I start praising him for what he's done. And I do that for as long as I, you know, which is a little while. And I thank him. And I put my hands up in the air. And I thank him. I get on my knees, I guess because I'm old school or something. I don't know. And, and I just thank him. And then I go into, Lord, this is what like, I'm struggling with. These are things that I need help with. These are things I need you to bless me with. But even if you don't bless me, if it's not part of your plan, I trust you. Yes. Yes. Amen. And then I read the word. And I see what God's trying to say to me through the word. And then what I do is I stay there and then I stand and I just worship. Why? Because, let me get it here. We have to rediscover the foundation and the full truth of faith. We have to rediscover the Word of God as believers. We can't bring a salvation to people if we don't know that the true the truth to that salvation, the whole thing. We can't share in ignorance. We have to share knowing the Word of God. There are people who want to know God in a deeper and more passionate way. I was speaking to somebody and he said, well, I haven't read my Bible in a while. This was just this week. Um, I haven't prayed in a while, to be honest. I'm like, I know I need to. And I say, well, just start. Just start. Start a little habit. Start a couple minutes a day. Let it grow. Let it grow. Because the faith will rise up in you and you'll want to do it more. It's not some sort of chore. It should not be a chore. It should be an outpouring of love. So, all that's extra, I guess, today. These are people uh, who God wants to be used. Uh, There are people who want to be used by God and who will not be silent. Righteousness brings value to a nation. According to Deuteronomy 28, righteousness brings wealth and blessings from above. Righteousness withholds the judgment of God. Uh, Righteousness withheld the judgment of God when dealing with Lot. And righteousness withholds the rise of the Antichrist. Do not worry and do not be afraid. When the end comes, God will take care of his chosen. America, her greatest opportunity. Revelation 5, 8 through 10 shows us what will happen in heaven when the end comes. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp 
and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the, uh, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words, You are worthy to take the scrolls and break its seal and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood was ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. And they will reign on the earth. These creatures and the elders to proclaim the mighty work of Christ on the cross and his freeing power for all people. America was built on the truth of God's word and on religious liberty. America is truly the land of opportunity. The opportunity to hear the gospel, to live out the gospel, and to share the gospel is unlike any other place in the world. Share the gospel with those you know. Make it personal, make it plain, and make it precious. Make it personal, make it plain, and make it precious. As I go out through this church plant that I'm doing, we have this relational model. We want to build relationships, real genuine friendships with people so that we might be able to share Christ with them. Yes. We, don't have, we don't have this process where we say, well, we become their friends and in five days we're going to attack them. No, we develop the friendship that brings out and when they have questions and whenever we're able to provide the opportunity to share within their lives, we speak the truth. And we know the truth because we study the truth. So make it personal, make it plain, make it simple. You don't have to quote verses at people. Make it plain. We'll get them there. And make it precious. Remember, and you say, make it precious. The Word of God is like a gem. It's like a precious diamond. Now, if I was to put up, and I wish I had it, but I don't, a $100 bill. And I was to place it right on the edge of the stage and say, whoever wants this can have it. I say, just on three... The first person to get up here. You know what's going to happen. I'm telling you, I forget your name right there, but you'll be the first. You'll run up here screaming, Woo! I mean, she'll beat you all out. I know that. <laughs> I think I've been to Walmart with you on a, on a Black Friday before. No. <laughs> but, but the thing is, it's precious. It's something to be desired. It's something to be sought after. Let me ask you this. Do we live our lives in a, in a way that God's word through us is precious to people? That they want to see God's word in their own lives? We got to make it so precious, so desirable by the way we live, by the way we speak, by the way we act, by the things we avoid. The people know it's something special. And that's why I pray. Salvation is the most valuable thing because it has eternal value. America has needed soldiers and will continue to need soldiers to protect its freedom. America also needs men and women, boys and girls, who will share the compassion of the gospel to the world. America is blessed with Bible institutes and with missionaries that spread throughout the entire world. But we are called to teach our fellow Americans to spread the truth of God's word to those around us. The world is in slavery and needs the freeing power of Jesus. There is great tragedy right now. There's great tragedy in being lost in America. And I don't know if there's anybody in here today that doesn't know Christ. But I'm going to ask. Maybe if you bow your heads for a moment. 
and close your eyes. Is there anyone in here that needs to know Jesus today? It's something special. It's something precious. It's a relationship with the creator of the whole entire universe who specifically and with great thought went to the cross so that you could know God. So you could be free from bondage, slavery of sin. If you in here today do not know Christ or you need to recommit your lives to Christ, slip up your hand. No one else is looking in here. I promise you that today. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to take a moment and pray in a moment, but there's also another great tragedy in not receiving the truth in America. Do you need to share God's truth with those around you? With the way you live? With the way you act? With the way you speak? With the way you avoid certain things? Do you need to make the faith precious again? More genuine? Now there's no guilt in here. There's no condemnation. If we believe in Christ, there's no shame. There's no guilt. But there's a, I can do better. Let's bow our heads for that one real quick. If you say, I need to make the cross precious again. Christ, the biblical message, the truth, precious again. So others around me might come to know Christ. Would you slip up your hand? Thank you, and thank you, and thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Hands up. A lot of hands up. Okay, you can put them down. Today I just want to pray real quick. And what I'm going to ask us to do is, because we're just a group here, can we just stand together and in some fashion form a circle and hold hands? Because we're in it together and we're in it to win it. In it to win it. Or a line or whatever. Whatever we can do. Just the connectivity. We are the church. We are the hope. Well, Jesus is the hope. But we share and spread the hope. To this nation. To this world. To this state. We need Jesus. Let's pray. And for the first one, uh, let's let's, uh, pray. And let's just all pray out together. And just for salvation. Because we need to sometimes rededicate our lives or... So, Father God, thank you for sending your Son. Thank you for the freeing power that you have from the bondage of sin. Today, from the very bottom of my heart, I confess all sin. I believe that you died on the cross. Change me. Renew me. Transform me. Let me become more like you. I commit myself to you today. And this one is for all of us who are standing right now. And we say, 
I just need to make it precious again. Say, Lord Jesus, help me to make your truth precious. Help me in the way I live. Help me in the way I speak. Help me to avoid evil. Things that are evil. Whether it's what I'm watching. Whether it's what I'm listening to. Or whether things I do. Let me make your salvation precious. Let me make your truth precious. Lord, help me. Help. To be an example. To be, an example. To be a light. To be a, light. To be a, beacon. To be a beacon. In this world. In this world. So, that so that people will become saved. Help me to make it personal. Help me to make it very, very plain. And help me to make it precious again. Let my neighbors around me. See a change today. Through this week. Through this month. And for the rest of my life, let salvation come to my family members, to my friends, and oh Lord, my enemies, so they become my friends, my brothers, my sisters, who stand with me in faith. Let this church rock this community, change it, transform it, renew it. Let California be different because of this church. I believe it. I stand on your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.